What's up, pals? This is Chris Sampson, and welcome to Super Nerd Pals. This is episode 42, and today we have a special guest, Ryan Marlowe! <laughs> Hi! <laughs> and uh, Ryan totally came out of the ghost dimension and, and took his place. So, Andy won't be here today. Sorry about But, that. as always, we have our partner in crime, Stan Gadurski. How are you doing, Stan? Hello. Hello? Ooh, hello. Um, we're being British today? No. Nope. No? No. <laughs> okay. All right, cool. judgy. So, how was everyone's week? Delicious. Delicious? <laughs> delicious. Why was it delicious? Because all I've been doing is researching cannibalism. <laughs> so, <laughs> do tell. <laughs> wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Not so subtle. Not so pitch subtle. for your podcast. Not so subtle at all. No. Um. Yeah. So I've been doing far too much research for that, and uh, I swear I'm not a cannibal, even though my stomach seems to think I am every single time something comes up about it. My stomach starts growling, so that's kind of nerve-wracking. Um, but other than that, we are recording our first episode next weekend, and it will hopefully be invading all of your ear holes next week, uh, or the week after at some point, so... Yay! Fingers Yay. crossed. <laughs> so if you like human flesh, stay tuned for next week for Ryan's new podcast. What's it called? Cannibalism and Coffee. All right. Cannibalism and Coffee. And we'll we'll totally plug that when that launches. Stan, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Kirstie and I binge-watched all of Jessica Jones. Uh, I think the question should be, did you finally finish Daredevil? Nope. Stan! No. Nope. Uh, <laughs> Stanley. You missed out on all the Easter eggs. Listen, even I even though there's only like one of them. I well I, I caught I caught the one at the end, but I I tried to convince Kiersey to watch Daredevil after he finished Jessica Jones and she's like, Nope. You don't no no, you don't need Kirsty to watch Daredevil. Besides, I don't think she'd like it. But she liked Jessica Jones, so I was like, listen. Jessica Jones is like so pro feminist, kicking ass shenanigans, and Daredevil isn't. I mean, there's Claire, but it's not the same. I was trying to get her hooked on the Marvel Universe. That was my plan. You failed. Yeah. You failed. Well, I mean, you, you guys binged Jessica Jones, so you, you clearly have a foot in the door. Well, yeah, so that's, right? I'll, I'll take it. I will take it. Speaking of Jessica Jones, we will cover that more in depth, but we got some news to cover. So earlier in the week, two massive trailers dropped. The first one, Captain America, Civil War. Oh my god, guys. How awesome was this trailer? I caught Ant-Man. Yeah, Ant-Man was uh, sitting, or standing on the shoulder of, of Captain America. If you zoom in like a hundred times, you can see him. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm so cool. But I'm really upset the Wasp wasn't in there. I mean, I I, I, I mean, I know the next Ant-Man movie is supposed to be called like Ant-Man and the Wasp, but why why, why wait? Just put her in the movie already because in the post credit scene, they, were already, they already revealed her costume. Well, I, I think probably it's the same, well, apart from copyright reasons, I think it's sort of the same reason why we haven't seen Spider-Man yet is because they probably want her to do her own movie first and then be like, all right, well, that went fine, so let's just throw you in with everybody else. I mean, we also didn't see an Avengers movie until everybody minus Bruce Banner sort of got their own universe established 
And then they all came together, which I'm still on board for a Mark Ruffalo Hulk movie. Yeah, he he he's just amazing. I think people, I think it's been long enough where people can, you know, well, actually, well, actually I'll scratch that. The Edward Norton Hulk movie wasn't wasn't a travesty i actually really enjoyed that movie did we watch the same movie because it absolutely was a fucking travesty <laughs> okay i guess we did i don't, I don't know maybe because in, co- in comparison to the other one what's uh what was the one before that oh my god was the guy from Darman and greg just hulk i think uh, wasn't it just hulk or criminal minds yeah i forgot what the actor's name was but that was pretty bad too maybe, maybe okay well Hulk is in space right now. He's not going to be for the next Avengers. Or not going to be in Civil War. He's going to. He's probably going to be having his own solo movie on Planet Hulk, beating up people, and he's going to meet the Guardians of the Galaxy, and then he's going to come back in time before Thanos just goes ape shit with his Infinity Gauntlet. I have to admit that I still haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, <gasps> oh, that's so good. So, I know, and I love I love Chris Pratt. I'm I'm gonna make a promise to myself that next weekend when I have like downtime, I'm going to watch it. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it was just oh, it was just guess, so good. I mean, this is a whole other podcast, but we could. I uh, it's just so good. Just watch it. Just watch it as soon as possible. I know you're busy with your podcast. But like the acting's great, the soundtrack's great. Chris Pratt is charismatic as ever, and Lee Pace, what's his name? One of the elves from Lord of the Rings. He's an amazing villain. He plays it really over the top and kills all the cho- or choose all the scenery. Uh, just watch it as soon as possible. I will. And then come back to us. I promise, I will. <laughs> Tangent aside, any other big thoughts about the trailer? I mean, Black Panther. Oh my God, Black Panther! The costume looks really, really slick. We only see like two tidbits of him. Uh, one, of course, drop kicking Bucky in the face, and the other was Black Panther was chasing down Bucky, and Captain America was running after him, and Panther was booking it. So he must have like some superhuman enhancement going on because if he can outrun or keep pace ahead of Captain America, that's no small feat. Right. Hold on for a sec. I think Stan is frozen. No, I'm not frozen. I'm just listening. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't... I'm, just look- I'm just looking at like your video and you just pause. I don't need to like, be talking over everyone minute. through the whole show, you know. I can also be quiet sometimes. I'm sorry. Well, I'm, I, Stan, do you have anything to add about Panther? He was being stoic. I just want to see Spider-Man. That's all I really care about. <laughs> like, that's... I'm waiting for Spider-Man. And then I'm waiting for you know black panther's origin and i don't know i'm not i'm not crazy about bucky but i i think he's a good catalyst for the civil war to, based on what i've seen so mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to the movie i just i just i'm really looking forward to seeing spider-man and he better be in there for more than five minutes i i don't think he will be he but better I'm be a pessimist <laughs> I mean, in the comics, most of Civil War was them fighting over custody of Spider-Man. I feel. Yeah, but this one, this one's fighting over the custody of like Bucky Barnes, and that factored in with like the whole Age of Ultron fallout, or like a giant, the, the, what what to do when a bunch of heroes and an evil robot, you know, fight over a floating island that almost killed the entire world. There was a moment in the trailer where they were teasing back to that event because. Um, there was like this giant commission report that was handed over, and on the commission report, I forget the name of the of the city where like the, the the climax of Ultron happened, but it was like the same city. It was like so and so city commission report, 
and then it was a prelude to their the MCU equivalent of the, Sur- the Superhero Registration Act. So I'm really excited to see what how that pans out. There were some teases to some other minor characters. Uh, Martin Freeman's character, he shows up in one of the scenes. They haven't revealed the name of his character officially. All they revealed so far was that he's a liaison between superheroes and the government. And then the other character they teased was the daughter of Agent Peggy Carter. I, I am totally blanking on her name right now. It's probably not super important. <laughs> okay. Well, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I don't want to piss people off. Um, I'm just being real. If you can't remember, then why spend time trying to remember? Sorry. That's just, <laughs> I would, oh. that's just, you know, it doesn't get realer than that, man. Just move right on. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, we're wasting time, so I guess we're going to move on. <laughs> Good. Good job, guys. Oh, wait. I got Sharon Carter. Sharon Carter. I got it. Thank you, guys. Thank you for believing me. <laughs> favorite part of the trailer i think besides blank panther is when um bucky and cap are throwing the shield to each other and beating the snot out of out of tony stark that was awesome that and bucky's ass yes sorry i had to go there (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile stan turns off his camera (laughs) stan's like nope they went there i'm done okay ryan whose ass is better bucky or nightwing Bucky. Bucky? Oh, if Andy was here, he would defend Nightwing's ass all the way. Sorry, Bucky. <laughs> I will defend that shit now. Here's, and I only... Okay, for the record, I'm not saying that just because I'm a girl and, you know, whatever. I'm saying that because when Avengers came out, there was this whole fucking to-do about... Like, especially when I was in college about drinking games and every time there's an ass on screen and for whatever reason, it was Captain America's more than 80% of the time. So now when I saw the trailer, there was a moment where they really emphasized they had that one moment for Bucky and I was just like, all right, well, y'all went there. So now it's in the back of my mind. So thank you very much. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah, something for the ladies. There you go. Well, that entire... Thank you, Stan. There you go. I mean, I I think that the really tight outfits just do it for everybody, but, you know. Yeah. Bucky's ass is probably better because it's real. Once we get a real Nightwing ass, then we can... can All right. So as soon as uh, Zack Snyder casts a Nightwing, we can revisit this conversation. Happily. All right. Uh, any final thoughts on the trailer before we move on? I don't. I mean, I'm excited for it, but I, I don't. I really don't know how I feel about it. It's not that I'm over it necessarily, but I feel like there was such a struggle amongst everybody because of Scarlet Witch and the second Avengers movie and everyone was second guessing friendships and themselves and all of that. And it was really exhausting to watch, but so good. But I feel like they got such a good emotional response from that, from that they're like, well, let's do it in this. And it's like, 
new friendship, new really strong friendship formed between Cap and Tony. Let's jeopardize that because Bucky's now back in the picture. And then they have that whole scene, which just looks brilliant and it's going to be great to watch. But I feel like it's the same. I don't want to say it's the same trope, but it is the same trope. It's just like, give me, give me something else. (laughs) So So you say, you say, you say this, this, fight's not gonna last long no. they're just gonna band together for some bigger threat on exactly the and that's so. what i'm kind of afraid of i want to see solidarity broken and shattered and have that movie end with it not being repaired right away mm-hmm. like that was sort of the beauty of the first avengers movie like they were shit <laughs> at first they had to work together and become that group and yeah it took the whole movie but it was it was really worth it at the end because then they felt like this adorable little like bro team and it was you know and it was when it worked at the end and you left that movie with like oh my god avengers 2 is gonna be fantastic but then they all sort of with the exception of the Hulk, like they all sort of came together at the end of that second one as well. And it's just like, well, we know when everything goes to shit, you guys are going to be back. So I just, I want to see something get ruined and not put back together right away. And civil war was just like a, such a monumental shakeup of the status quo. And I I hope that it, it stays that way. I wanted to stay shaken up for the, until the next one. I, I want that to sort of like, this is where we're leaving off and this is where we're going to pick back up. Everything is in shambles. Let's see how you can, you know, rebuild all of that. Like, I really want it to be shit at the end. So you want this to be the Empire Strikes Back of the MC move? Essentially. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Cool. Excellent. I like, your, I like your style. So you, you, you think uh, uh, Steve Rogers is going to get killed like in the comics? And then, like, Bucky's going to be, like, the new Cap America or, like, uh, Falcon's going to take up the mantle like he is in the comics right now? Um, I think they'll leave you... I'm hoping that they'll leave you guessing for that. Like, oh, my God, did they actually kill him and just sort of leave it there? Or at least that's what I'm... I'm hoping for that. I want that. But that doesn't mean it's going to happen. They're all about wrapping everything up in this neat little bow. And... I'm just, I'm waiting for something to just be messy and stay messy and have that and have there be no like real resolution at the end of it. So I'm, I'm hoping that either, yeah, they do officially kill him or they leave it up to you where they're like, well, you're sitting at the end of the movie, even after that bonus scene at the end of the credits, you still don't know whether Cap's alive or not. All right. Stan, your thoughts? Well, they shot him with a time bullet in the comics, so he was never really killed. He went like back in time, and then he came back eventually. So they can shoot him with a time bullet, and then he can come back during Infinity War, just out of the blue as like a surprise. I'm but, okay with that. Yeah. Just make make something messy and just keep it that way for the love of fucking God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense. Ryan wants some conflict. I do. It makes sense for it to not be wrapped up in like a two-hour movie, and it makes sense for it to finally be wrapped up during Infinity War. That, that makes the most sense to me instead of just having yeah. having like four or five happy movies and then Infinity War have like really depressing Marvel movies and then have it come back to optimism at the end of Infinity War. And I'm kind of hoping the same thing for Ragnarok with the Thor movie for the third Thor movie because I mean I know they're not going to go by norse mythology but in norse mythology ragnarok wasn't happy everyone 
pretty much dies. And it was really messed up. So I kind of want the same thing to happen there. It's just, I don't, I'm tired of getting happy endings with all of these movies. When you have, when you have conflict like that, especially among a group of characters that's supposed to be such like this, this great team together, when you have things like that, that really shake everybody up, which is why I kind of enjoyed Ultron so much. I loved seeing everybody shaking in their boots and second guessing everything. Um, I, I just, I, I need more of that. Do you think it has something to do with, um, you know, it being a, such a giant tentpole movie, you know, where maybe people are expecting like a typical like Hollywood kind of ending or, you know, like, like, let's, let's say they had like a, the, the original cut and it's like a bleaker ending and on it, the, the test audience doesn't re- receive that well. So they go with like a safer, more, hey, happy go together uh, everything's all right in the end ending. I mean, I don't easy give back. a fuck about the test audience. Life doesn't really work that way. And I know we're talking about superheroes, but still, like, they're still people. <laughs> so I, 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 I never care. I mean, like, I know you should care about your test audience because it's people like us that watch these movies. But I do think that they would be surprised as to how many people would be like, oh, my God, wow. Yay. And might actually enjoy that a little bit better. I think it just makes me appreciate like Marvel's TV game because they're just not afraid to go like really dark and disturbed and to like break people apart and like. I mean, go, I know go we're going to that territory. Which I we'll, know we're going to discuss. I was going to say I know we're going to get into it with Jessica Jones, but that was part of why I loved it so much was because it wasn't happy, and it was brilliant. So I just again just especially in the realm of superheroes, they're not all like. They're not all happy-go-lucky people. Like, imagine living with all of the shit that you live with. Like, you're not going to be happy 150% of the time. Give me something messy. Just keep it messy. Okay. So, Marvel, if you're listening, keep it messy. <laughs> all right. So, let's move on to the next trailer. Uh, this also released earlier this week. You got DC's Heroes of Tomorrow. Wow, this trailer looks awesome. So, like, the basic prem- premise is Vandal Savage in the future takes over the world so a time traveler hero named rip and wickle travels back in time and assembles the best and greatest of uh cw's heroes and villains so you got like captain cold heat wave the atom white canary uh hawkman and hawk girl and i i think i'm i think that's everyone yeah arrow shows up i don't know if he's officially part of the team but he, he shows up a couple times i didn't see the flash in there though so i didn't either but if arrow if the green arrow does show up it would explain why colton haynes is coming back to arrow that's true that's right so maybe he does end up being part of the team which would be really cool just throw everyone in just like grod stan what are your thoughts on the on the trailer um i want constantine and supergirl to join justice league jr yes that's it. you and that's, you're a genius that's what i think i actually caught up on all of arrow with the exception i think of last week and i never watched constantine but Me the either. episode that i saw that he was in it like made me want to watch it um i'm a big fan of the keanu reeve movie so watching this nbc constantine i oh my god um would i like to see him in this maybe 
he could add some different and new snark. Um, but I, I have my hesitations with getting like overly excited about this. What I was really excited about was seeing Arthur Darville being a huge Doctor Who fan. So seeing Rory, I was just like, oh my God, love. I, I'm not quite caught up with Arrow or Flash. So I need to get my butt in gear and catch up with everything before this comes out. But like, I'm at that point in Flash where um, Captain Cold and Heat Wave are like very established villains so far, and they're like one of my favorite villains on that show. So like, the fact they're being like a protagonist or, or antihero, I just love that dimension to his character. Like, I I just I could watch an entire show just about Captain Cold. Just to be honest, like I love him so much. Is Hawkgirl and Hawkman, or are they already in, like, Arrow or Flash, or like, season two so far? Because um, I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm looking forward to that. I'm just not sure if they have been introduced to the CW-verse already. I'm not I'm not all the way caught up on the most recent episodes of Flash and Arrow, but uh, Stan, if you are, you could probably answer this question better than I could. But I'm so not... far from what I've seen, no. Okay. Yeah. I think that that was their introduction. Okay. I do like the fact that we get to see Sarah, because um, I like her. I love Sarah over Laurel. I'm kind of really over Laurel at the moment. Um, like, if they could just kill her, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I, I like the fact that when you saw Sarah as White Canary, when she used her, her canary cry, it was not in a collar around her goddamn neck like that re- that really just there's something about that that just really bothers me watching i don't know maybe it's because it's laurel and not sarah but i'm no i'm i'm kind of over her but sarah no i love her so much so apart from seeing arthur darville in this i think my main intrigue would have to be watching the adam and sarah now sort of and everybody from those two universes sort of now like working together in that capacity. Mm-hmm. So that's really where my excitement lies, but I'm still again, very skeptical. So I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I think uh, what, what I found interesting about the trailer, it was like the voiceover by Vandal Savage. And he, he said this line, he said, I've seen men of steel fall and I've seen like dark nights broken. So I'm, like, I don't, I don't quite understand what's going on in the heads of the studio guys who are doing the DC movies. Cause you know, they're recasting flash, they're recasting all these heroes. And why, why can't you just have the people who play like flash and arrow and Adam just cross over into the movies like Marvel does? Cause I think it's just counterintuitive uh, for me. Like you already have an established fan base of all these shows for like flash and arrow and, so on and so forth, and then you're gonna bring that audience into live into the big screen when whenever this Justice League movie is gonna come out, and I I just don't understand why they want to just cast like a, a whole different set of actors to um, play these characters in the future. And at the same time, I would love to see like Batfleck and Henry Cavill Superman show up on a TV show, um, like Supergirl, but I don't know. Maybe it has to do with rights. Maybe it has yeah. to do with some legal jargon that's beyond our, our understanding. Um, I just want cross-pollinization. That's just me. Um, it's because it's going to be Infinite Crisis. That's why. That's that's what I think they're leading up to. Infinite Crisis is DC's Infinity War. 
You, they tease it on the Flash. There's multiple universes. So there's obviously going to be a movie universe, right? So eventually their endgame could be having the heroes from the TV universe and the heroes from the movie universe team up so that you have multiple flashes, multiple arrows, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And they're really teasing with like Flash season two of the multiverse is already an established concept. So so they're, so DC's planting their seeds. I mean, that's that's DC's biggest thing, right? Is like crossovers between different multiverses and different timelines. So it makes sense if they're going to do like a huge, you know, finale to the DCU would be DC movie universe would be an infinite crisis. Why not? If that's truly their end game, like, wow, they're going to topple the throne. All right. Um, so let's move on to comics. Um, Stan, do you want to start? Sure. Why not? Uh, so, I don't know if you knew this, but Dark Knight 3 came out last week, and it's, see, I, like, I never, I don't know if you've heard of the original Dark Knight, but Batman's retired, then he comes back, and he's like an old man, and the world has changed, and he's trying to, I don't know, beat everyone up. And he fights old versions of all the his villains, and then he eventually fights Superman. And I've never read um, Dark Knight Strikes Again, which I heard was terrible. And apparently Dark Knight 3 picks up right after that. It's, um, it's $6. It's a $6 comic book. Um, Chris, you, re- you read this, right? Yeah, it, well, it's a $6 comic book. With, like, literally, like, 70 to 80 variants. But I didn't I didn't know there would be a comic within the comic. There's, like, a second comic about the Atom in there. So I guess, in a way, it's two books in one. But still, like, $6 for, like, a, like a comic book that's not a variant, it's still really pricey. If you count the pages and then you count the smaller mini comic book pages as, like, half a page, it still comes out to, like, 30 to 34 pages which is like that's a four dollar book that's maybe even a five dollar book but six bucks i don't know man i don't know man well from from a business standpoint you know it's pretty ingenious because you got like the name recognition with like the dark knight frank miller plus you have names like azarello and cuber titans titans of comics industry you know just all working on the same book uh, and plus, yeah, like, and know, that's got... why it's six bucks. Exactly. <laughs> because they know they can exactly. charge six bucks. DC is gunning for your wallet. That's that's all it's gone down to. And you know, you they know you'll buy it because Dark Knight and Frank Miller and Azarello and all those names and um and just how seminal and how influential. Whether or not you think it's a good book or a bad book or controversial, it's still like $6. a cultural milestone in comics. Six bucks, five ninety nine. Six, yeah. six dollars. <laughs> so, do you think? Do you think it was worth the six dollars? I think it was six dollars. Is what I think it was. <laughs> well, I think we established that. <laughs> yeah, I want to make sure you know what I'm talking about when I say it's six bucks. Did it oh need to God. be six dollars? Did it need to be it's six dollars? Six dollars. Six dollars. I love how the last time I was on, we had Professor Judge Doom. Now we've got Sassy Stan. 
And I don't I'm know being... who I like better. <laughs> I'm, I'm being sassy because I feel like it's warranted. They know this book is going to sell. Like you said, Chris, it's Dark Knight 3. It's Frank Miller. It's all those other crazy names you said. So they know people are going to buy it. They would, they'll buy it at $2.99. They would have bought it at $3.99. They'll buy it at $4.99. So they say, we'll charge them 6 bucks for it because they'll buy it. And is that okay for them to do? I mean, I guess it's okay for them to do because it's their book and they can charge whatever they want for it. But when you look at all the other comics that are coming out, prices just keep getting raised. All of Marvel's number ones were $5.99. Why? Why? Well, I'm sorry, four ninety nine. Why? Why? Because they were number ones. They knew people were going to buy it. They reboot the universe with Secret Wars, and they charge every number one an extra dollar. Number two comes out, and it's back to the normal price. So, co- comic content aside, shitty bu- business practices are still shitty. You know. <laughs> <laughs> And I feel like it has to be said because no one else is going to say it. We're all going to talk about how great the book is or whatever, but it's $6. And some people can't afford that. You know, some people can only afford X number of money a week for comics. And they might be really excited for Dark Knight 3. And they might really be interested in Batman and seeing where the story takes place. And the $6 book might dissuade them from buying it. It might turn them to piracy because it's cheaper to read it for free online. So where, where is the line? So are you are you hoping that like next week the book will go down to like a normal comic book price? It's or not. Do you, do, or do you envision that it's going to be another six dollar book? It might week? go up. Oh no! It might go. What's next? A seven dollar book for Dark Knight Four or eight? They could go. Yeah, We're making a hell ton of money on this. Let's just ten dollars a comic. Who cares? Yeah, well, it's going to end anyway, right? I I have to say that I mean not. Comics, for me, it's the same thing with books and stuff like that. Like, I, um, I've i been a member at Barnes & Noble for, like, my entire life. And I will go shopping at Barnes & Noble for everything, book-wise. But, like, the most recent book I picked up, I saw a paperback copy of it for, like, $15. And I'm like, all right, I've already bought, like, four books that I... And I just can't spend $15 on a goddamn book. So I go to like an independent bookstore and I found it. I went to the Strand actually and found it for $7.50. Not only that, it was hardcover and it was autographed by the author. So like you don't, that's, that's incredible. But I kind of have to agree with you. Like people have limits to how much they want to spend on books and comics and even movies and stuff like that. So yeah, for people who really want to follow something or fall in love with it, Six dollars could actually be a stretch. It better be one hell of a fucking comic if people exactly. are spending six dollars on it. And like a six dollar book is the difference between like spending one for a book that may or not be not be good, or spending it on like two Marvel books with all the number ones coming out. Uh, and like you know, the struggle is real because this fall and winter. I mean, it's not just comic books. I mean, it's just the video games. There's like, oh my god, the video games. Just like every single week, there's like a new video game. And it's like $60 going out of the bank. It's like, it's just. Yeah, it really, it adds money's up. Money's tight. Yeah. I totally empathize. It adds up. So, like, it better be really freaking good. I can say the same thing. I play The Sims like it's a religion. And they have a new expansion pack that's coming out next month. And I spent. And I'm shamelessly saying this, I spent $42 on this thing. And I never 
pre-order anything and I pre-ordered this thing and now I'm sitting here like this better be really good I mean I know it's the sims but it better be really good because I just spent $42 and I'm not gonna get back so it's you know <sighs> mighty troubles guys I mean like uh, the the whole point that this show is run by people who are broke as fuck you know that's that's our angle on all the stories that we that we tell and all the things that we experience is that we have a limited amount of resources you know we're not professionals we're not reviewers we we don't work for a big website that lets us get free shit you know so everything that we review everything we talk about comes out of our pocket and you know it becomes this obligation it's like well dark knight 3 is going to be a big release people might want to hear what we have to think about it and then it's six dollars and it's like, well, you know, we have all these other life expenses to pay for and we have all these other comics that we follow. And so it becomes a, fa- a matter of like, are we going to skip this? You can't really skip it. So it's kind of putting you in a, in a corner, you know, and it's I get it. Times are hard and print is like dying, I guess. Although the way comics are making money now, I don't know about that anymore. But still, I don't think you know, print, comic wise, print is not dying. You know, I think. I think they're. I think their future's assured. You know, Batgirl comes out month after month, has quality storytelling and quality art, and it's two ninety nine. You know, month after month, two ninety nine. And so I honestly, I'd rather read Batgirl than Dark Knight three. Like, it, Dark Knight three is not a bad story. I enjoy. I enjoyed it. I'll probably read the other ones. I don't know if I'll buy the other ones. I might wait for a trade because I can't spend six dollars for every issue with this book, you know, I get, I get just as much of enjoyment out of Batgirl and it's so much cheaper. And I feel like I would pay more money for Batgirl, but they don't charge more money for Batgirl. I think eventually they might, but I really respect the fact that they can put out a quality book and not gouge the prices. But then at the same time, DC puts out Dark Knight 3 and it's $6. You know, DC puts out an issue of Superman where he gets a new power. And for some reason in that book, even though it's in the middle of the series, is a dollar more than every other book of Superman. That was when he got the solar flare and that bopped up to like a five dollar book, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was it's usually three ninety nine, now it's four ninety nine because he has a new power and they know people are gonna be interested in it. I don't know. I'm not fully sure how I feel about that. Anyway, book's good, fucking uh you know, you know, there's a this is future thing and 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 there's a there's a there's a Superman maybe in there, and then you got a Batman, maybe. <laughs> Batman? Okay, well, um, it takes place three years after the events of Dark Knight Strikes Back. The book is meant to be set within like 2015 because it doesn't hold any punches on on its. Oh well, the Dark Knight Returns book has never been shy from delving into the political and sociological issues of the day. And this is no different because the opening pages of the comic book talked about, you know, a bunch of cops killing and shooting a black teenager who didn't deserve it. And it was a victim, would have been a victim of police brutality. So, and like Frank Miller, he he was uh, doing interviews about it. Like he, he had no illusions that he was being controversial about it. Like he, that's what's his intention to like put that really in your face. So the book is written for a really, I guess, socially and politically relevant reader. 
it also makes attempts to call back to the lineage of like the original narrative so it opens with two people talking about the bat and whether or not he's really around or not but they updated it for the 2015 crowd because it the messaging takes place via text and they also echo the narrative structure that was really iconic in the first book where it inter- interlays like a whole bunch of newscasters talking to each other this was a very batman light comic um say would you agree like it's more about the world building as opposed to just focusing on batman um well it's it's the first issue so it's definitely setting up future events um batman isn't a huge presence in the first issue and i think that's done deliberately uh, my favorite part of the book is that every major character is a woman and yeah it's... yeah yeah this, this yes <laughs> it's like uh, i was reading this article before and it was an article on io9 and they were saying how frank miller's books was always had a strain of hyper masculinity and this book like reverses all those tropes this is a world where all the women have the power. So you have Commissioner Yindel is in charge of the GCPD. You have Wonder Woman, and she's still the queen of the Amazons. And she's she's the one like taking down monsters and beasts. While Superman, he's out of commission. I won't well, we won't spoil how how he is, but like basically Superman's out of the picture. He's chilling um, out. He's chilling out. So I really appreciated that that same dynamic that you mentioned stan like i love all these strong feminine characters they're they're, they're like overpopulating in the book they're taking the lead on on this new world that we're introduced to and i'm really excited to see what what happens next the 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 mini comic where it's about the atom they actually tease what the master race the the title is all about because when frank miller and whoever else worked on this book they released a title there was no short of controversy over the title, like Master Race. But within the the mini comic, they we start to get a glimpse of what he meant. Supergirl, who in this universe, or in this timeline continuum, is the daughter of Superman and Wonder Woman. She goes to the Atom, and she wants to release the inhabitants of Kandor, like the bottle city of Krypton, that Brainiac... Uh, took hold of and she wants to release the Kandorians from the city and they don't want to be small anymore so what it looks like the book is leading up to is the new master race would be this new race of Kryptonians that are released onto the world and how everyone is going to handle that status quo which is a really interesting concept so we'll, we'll see we'll see how that pans out or will we if we can't afford it I rate this comic book $6. Stan, I will continue buying the comics and I'll, I'll report to you guys. And you know what? You know you know me? I'm going to lend you One Punch Man anyway, so I'll lend you the other issues if, if like the $6 book thing continues. Which I don't, I hope it doesn't, but DC, DC's being run by Lex Luthor right now. So I'm going to give it like four out of five bananas because I love the art and I love, I love the writing. I love this direction where they're going, but again... I'm gonna, it loses one star just because of that $6 book. You know, it's a, I mean, it's a beautiful book. It's well-written. They're doing a lot of really interesting stuff. 
plus, you know, that that's just the regular book. I mean, there are literally 71 variants. And that's just the single issues. They're going to come out with, like, a hardcover edition. Or they're going to come out with, like, an expanded collected edition. And who knows? That's going to run, like, hundreds. Hundreds of bucks. Yeah, fuck that. So... I would like to continue reporting on this in the future. We'll just see what happens. Moving on to a book that isn't six dollars. Uh, <laughs> All new Wolverine number two. I really enjoy this issue. Again, if you listen to last week's episode, we all love this new Wolverine. She wears the suit really well, and this picks off with her going after the main ant- antagonist that were teased last episode. If you haven't read number one, you know, skip ahead like two or three minutes. You've been warned. But the main villains, or quote-unquote villains, antagonists that the new Wolverine is chasing after, apparently this company has taken her genetic code and made a bunch of clones. It's some assassination program that they're trying to start up. From Wolverine's perspective, they're like clear crimes against humanity because like these clones have no emotions, they have no personalities, and they're just like pure killing tools. But they're trying to escape that fate. So I I really enjoy this issue. It gives Wolverine an interesting conflict. Um, yeah, I can't complain about it. Like again, this is another really strong issue, and I can't wait for Wolverine and um, the all new X Men number one that's going to come out. Stan, your thoughts on? the new wolverine it was a it was an all right issue you know what i mean but i feel like nothing really happened i mean like i guess stuff happened but i i can't see myself caring all that much i i think i'm more interested in her as a part of the all-new x-men than i am so much as her operating on her own because i'm not i'm not so sold on the whole idea of her helping her clones so I, I don't I don't really know where they're going with this and what they're going to have for her after this, but X Men, all new X Men is going to have her doing her thing and then also other X Men. So it might be more interesting for me. I'm going to reserve judgment until I read X Men and pick up Wolverine three. But it's all right. It's you know it's a follow up to issue one. Issue one was pretty cool, so it's more of the same. All right, sounds good. What I'm waiting for is one, why the hell did Old Man Logan Secret Wars not wrap up yet? Because I'm really pissed off about that. Secret Wars hasn't wrapped up yet. You know, like half, half the shit's not done yet. Yeah, I don't know. I just want Old Man Logan to mentor all, all new Wolverine. And I mean, we're going to see some of that in like next, this coming week. But I, I would like to see like Old Man Logan show up in her book. I wouldn't want him to show up mostly because he used to be Wolverine. And so I don't. I want her to be as differentiated as possible. And I feel like having Logan in there will, will muddy it too much. And it, I don't want him to steal this, the show. You know, I'd, I'd rather him interact with young Jean Grey and the other younger X-Men rather than Wolverine. Only because she, I feel like she has enough. And she now, she now has to learn how to be Wolverine on her own. It's, it's like kind of, you know, Miles Morales becoming Spider-Man, but then all of a sudden older Peter is there and that happened during the Spider-Man uh, miniseries, which was okay. But I, I really like the idea of a hero not having their predecessor to look up to and then having to sort of learn and figure out things on their own. 
it's kind of why I liked Dick Grayson as Batman so much when Bruce Wayne kicked the bucket for like six months, whatever the hell. Yeah. And it, it, things just kind of, he had to kind of pick up the pieces. And I like like that idea of a hero having to pick up the pieces from their predecessor and kind of make make their own conclusions of who Making they the are. mantle their own. Yeah. 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 Okay. So Fair that's enough. why I want, I want Logan to stay away. He can he okay. can, he can right. fuck around with the other X Men all he wants, but all right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Like <laughs> Old Man Logan and the new Wolverine interact enough in X Men number one, so I I can totally yeah I'll buy that. Uh, did you read anything else, or is there any other recommendations? No, not really. Um, no. Read Star Wars. That's it. Read Star Wars. Yeah, read v- Vader, Vader down. Vader oh down. Oh my god, some cool shit. Vader down was I'll... awesome. I'll talk about it more next week, but if you're interested in Star Wars, definitely look into picking up Vader Down. I'm not going to talk about it too much because we, we have a lot to get to, but uh, I also read Venom Space Knight number one and Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number one. If you have a young girl or a young daughter and you're looking for a fun family, kid-friendly book, definitely get Moon Girl. It's fantastic. The art, it reminds me a lot of Babs Tar. And totally, it's just, it has, it stars a young black girl who's totally a genius and she's totally into STEM and she's way smarter than everyone in her class. And she goes out at night looking for dark alien technology from making gadgets out of, out of spare parts. And she summons a devil dinosaur from a, of a, from a portal. And it's awesome. It's it's like Clifford the, the the big red dog, but instead of a it's a dinosaur set within the Marvel universe. I love this book so much. So I definitely get that. And Venom Space Knight is just basically Venom just being like a space cop and rescuing people. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh-huh. All right, so that was it for comics talk. Uh, we're going to try to blow through video games. We have a list of PlayStation Plus games that will be released for free this month. Uh, and there's some pretty exciting titles coming out on December 1st. Or, oh, I'm sorry, the first Tuesday of December. We have Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon for the PS3. Freedom Wars for the Vita. Gauntlet Slayer Edition for the PS4, King's Quest Chapter 1, A Night to Remember for the PS4, Rocket Birds Hard Boiled Chicken for the Vita, and SSX uh, for the PS3. So, Stan, is any of these titles that you're interested in? Yeah, you know what? Everyone go download Freedom Wars if you have a Vita. That game needs a lot of love. That's it. <laughs> I've said my piece. Peace, fucking peace freedom wars right <laughs> fight for that freedom all right that is free you have you have no excuse all right play with me damn it <laughs> Stan, unfortunately i don't have a vita which makes me very sad very sad so i i broke your heart right now i'm sorry i can't i can't but maybe maybe black friday i don't know maybe black, black friday deals are still going on maybe we'll pick up a vita maybe we'll pick up 3ds maybe we'll pick up everything cyber monday deals that's true too. um right are, uh, are you are you do you have a playstation i i think i'm not sure we had this conversation before nope no 
You have the Sims. No, I, I, uh, I do have the Sims. So, okay, here's the thing is I had Game Boys and stuff like that. Um, I still do. I didn't like get rid of them. Um, but my parents, when I was younger, were very much of, if we're going to give her video games, let's give her something that we can take away. And they didn't want me to have like video game consoles that like got plugged into the TV where they literally thought I would become a zombie sitting in front of the TV, like playing video games all day long. And I probably read it probably would have, but I had friends that had all of those consoles. So whenever I went over to their house, that's how I got my exposure. But I was mostly like anything that was on the computer, like Counter-Strike or something like that. That and all of the Game Boy shenanigans that I had. That was pretty much it. Okay. All right. Fair enough. It's all good. (laughs) From this list, I'm most excited for SSX because that was the greatest snowboarding game ever. and It was really over the top and it had no regard for actual snowboarding physics. And that's what made it great. And Gauntlet, um, Gauntlet was like the the RPG or action RPG hack and slash game. Uh, the old school ones was for like Dreamcast and the original PlayStation. And I loved it. And I didn't realize they made a gauntlet version in 2014. So this was a welcome surprise. So I'm going to be playing that. And if I have some of my friends are free, I'm going to grab them and we could play some couch or just sit on the couch and play together. Cause that's what, that's what made gauntlet great. Stan, this week you were messaging me a lot. You were playing a lot of Super Star Wars. How how about that Super Star Wars? All right, so Super Star Wars was originally a Super Nintendo game that came out in the 90s. And they re- we released it with some updates for the PSN. Um, you can get it on the Vita. You can get it on the PS4. It's I think it's cross-buy. So um, it's 10 bucks. And I don't know if you guys ever heard of Super Star Wars or ever played Super Star Wars, but that game is fucking crazy everything in that game is trying to fucking murder you everything is trying to end you so the first level you play as luke and you're in the dune sea and this is before the fucking this is before the star war okay nothing's happened yet you know luke doesn't have the droids the, he, he hasn't like had a fucking coffee with obi-wan yet nothing happened there are fucking you have to this game is a treasure. Okay, you gotta you gotta walk across the street as Luke Skywalker and kill like thirty five giant murder scorpions and just fucking everything is coming after you. Okay, that's that's level one. So you haven't even found C three PO and just you're just killing monsters and moss. Just you got the blaster out and just fucking shit's coming at you. And the end of the first level, before anything has happened, you fight the fucking Sarlacc pit monster. That's the first boss in the game. The fucking Sarlacc pit. You know the fucking thing that the A Boba Fett in Jedi? That's, That's the first, first thing Luke's gotta fight in fucking, fucking Super Star yeah. Wars. Stan, so, you aptly called this like the Dark Souls of the Star Wars universe. It it's super fucking hard. I don't know how you would have been able to play through this game the way it was originally intended. This version Without saves, lets, by the way. Yeah, this version lets you save the game wherever you want. So you can save it right in the middle level if you want. And just load it up if you die. You got three lives, and it's just like go, go, fucking survive, run, run. The Star Wars are coming after you. This is that's the whole fucking game. And at the end of the first level, Luke finds C three PO, and he's like, "Master Luke, Master Luke, we have to find R two D two. The Jawas took him." And it, <laughs> Luke's like, "You've seen the movies, right? Right? Okay. So in Star Wars, what happens is Luke goes and he he buys 
C-3PO and R2-D2 from the Jawas, right? In Super Star Wars, Luke hears that R2-D2 has been taken by the Jawas, and he basically turns into the fucking Liam Neeson from Taken, and he's like, I will get him back. And then he's on a fucking... The next level, you're on a land speeder with C-3PO cruising down the fucking desert, blowing up Jawas left and right. <laughs> I think they the game requires you to kill, like, 20 Jawas before it lets you progress. <laughs> so it's like, kill 20 Jawas and beat the level. Then you go to the third level, and you're at the sand crawler, and you have to kill every single Jawa... Climb up the side of the stand crawler and just destroy everything as you're going. And every time you kill a Jawa, they go, ooh, teenies! <laughs> you're crawling up the side of this fucking stand crawler, killing them. And they're all just going, ooh, teenie! As you kill them. And then you go you go inside the fucking... He hasn't even gotten R2-D2 yet. You go inside the fucking stand crawler. You start killing more fucking Jawas as you're descending into the fucking bottom of the sand crawler. The bottom of the sand crawler is filled with lava and there's like a giant fucking eldritch terror just living in the bottom of the sand crawler and he's like twice the size of the screen and he's shooting like fireballs at you and if you touch the lava you die and this guy was just hanging out at the bottom of the sand crawler i don't know you you gotta you gotta fucking kill him and I was telling Stan that this guy must be must be powering the sand crawler. That's the only explanation. Like, with some like weird I don't understand. Like fusion how, fusion reaction. <laughs> where did you pick this guy up? Was he fucking chilling at the fucking lava pit, like on the sidewalk? And you're like, hey, get in. <laughs> like, does, <laughs> we got room. Wanna, we got room. To how back. did they fit him in there? How did they fit a waterfall of lava into the sand crawler? Anyway, you can power up your blaster a bunch of times, right? So. I would recommend you power it up to seeker mode and not anymore because seeker mode will go through walls and it and it homes in on whoever you're fighting. So you don't even have to aim at the enemies. You could just like hold down square and it'll just like shoot directly at them. And the other two are supposed to be more powerful, but they suck because you have to aim them. So there's no point in upgrading your blaster after you get seeker. So I'm going to tell you that right now. If you plan on playing this game, do not do that. Lightsaber sucks. You don't need a fucking lightsaber. You just fucking gun down everybody in your way, okay? Anyway, so <laughs> after... So, all right. I'm going to just... This is going a little long, but I feel like this is needed. Did You you saw Clone Wars? You saw Star Wars Episode 2? Yeah. Okay, so you remember how, like, upset Anakin got when he yeah. had to go, like... He went murder crazy and killed all the sand people. And he's like, oh, I killed all the women and children, blah, blah, Luke's no. next level is like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to kill all the sand people on the way to fucking Obi-Wan. I just kill all Jawas. <laughs> Next stop, <laughs> fucking Sam People Murder Squad. Let's go. And then he just rolls out with C-3PO and R2-D2. He's like, we got to find Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi. Might as well kill everybody on the way. That's my goal. See, this is training. This is training for Luke because, you know, first he kills some Jawas, then some Raiders, and then random random Scorpions. And then, and then by the end of the first movie, he kills an entire space station full of Stormtroopers. Yes, but like... Like uh, Eddie Izzard, the Death Star Canteen. You know, there, there had to be, there had to be, there had to be people yes! working the food court to feed all the stormtroopers. And you know, maybe they weren't evil. Maybe they just wanted a good paying job, and the Empire gave them good benefits. And then they all died because Luke shot a torpedo and blew up the storm, the, the Death Star, and he killed billions of people working on the Death Star, probably. I totally saw Eddie Izzard do part two of the Death Star Canteen Re- live. Really? No way. 
That's no, so I cool. did. It was a total surprise. He like walked off, came back on and like did a whole second half of it. I literally started crying from hilarious. Like just, it was so hilarious and I was yeah. just so happy. So it was great. And Luke Skywalker, he's a mass murderer. That's the big lesson we're taking. From it's you. just like Anakin is like, oh, I killed all these people. And Luke's like, that's fucking every day for me, bro. I, I wake up when I kill all the sand people. And it's 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 crazy because this is this is why they call it Super Star Wars, because regular Star Wars like mundane ass shit happens. Luke goes and buys C3PO and R2D2. Luke just fucking walks to Luke gets into a confrontation with one um Tuscan Raider and Obi-Wan's gotta save his ass, you know, and then he goes to Mos Eisley and you know, he gets into a little tussle at the bar and then Obi-Wan's gotta save him or whatever. And then in this one, it's like Luke just pulls out his gun, he just starts blasting everybody and everyone starts coming after him and they just stop they don't stop and he just he's got to just keep going because this is every day in on tatooine you know so anyway he cuts through all the sand people and then he gets to obi-wan kenobi obi-wan's just chilling there he's just a sprite on the level i started shooting at him and i was like oh shit that's that's fucking obi-wan i got i should start shoot, stop shooting at him and he gives luke his lightsaber the lightsaber is trash you don't need that shit you just need the blaster the next level is called Land of the Banthas. You know what the Bantha is? It's like a big like cow thing that just walks across yeah. the desert. You fucking got to kill them. You kill them because they get yeah. in your way. Just and they, just, and they fucking... No here's the thing. No. They explode with fire. How does an animal <laughs> fucking explode like a fucking car? Like he's shooting tires off a car and it just blows up. <laughs> it's a Bantha. Anyway, you get to most Eisley halfway through the game, right? Level 8, you're at most Eisley. Luke just spent half the entire game killing everybody on Tatooine. He gets the most icely, and I'm not lying, stormtroopers start raining from the sky. They start coming down from the top of the screen and just start landing in front of you. I'm like, where the fuck are they dropping in from? Are they just like dropping out of the start? Parachutes. <laughs> they just coming out of nowhere, fucking landing on buildings, landing right in front of you, like shooting you, and you're just you're running, you're like rolling on a rock across some spikes in the middle of town, just like blasting people off of fucking buildings. You're climbing buildings. You're like you're like throwing like grenades at people and shit. Like what the hell is going on? And then at the end of the level, you get Chewbacca. Then you go and it's like, oh cool, I could choose between Chewbacca and Luke. Then you go inside the cantina. You know, it's a regular fucking day. Everyone's at the bar. You're Chewbacca. You gotta fucking kill everybody on the way to the fucking end of the bar. People just start stuff. People are you. You got the cantina band in the background going, doo, 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 and you're just like gunning people down in the fucking cantina, walking across the cantina to get to Han Solo, who's like chilling in the back. You gotta like, you gotta kill Greedo. You gotta kill like a bunch of fucking weird monster creatures and then these dudes in cloaks are jumping out of you you're fucking killing them the cantina people are playing cantina music in the background and then there's like this dude who looks like a fucking like a like the lizard from fucking spider-man he's wearing like a leather jacket and he just starts like spitting at you and like shooting his head at you like his neck gets really long and you're just like murdering him this sounds like this sounds like Star Wars meets Metal Slug meets GTA. It's like the craziest shit, and then and then you and then you get to uh, Han Solo, and he's like, "All right, I'll, yeah, I'll fly you, whatever, like let's go." And then it's now you can pick between Luke, Chewbacca, and, and Han Solo, and the rest of the game is you. You're basically like running through the Death Star, killing everybody. You have like entire Tie Fighters flying at you, and they flip the entire screen, and they're just like zooming past the screen, and they're like trying to like smash into you. It's 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 insane. This game, this game is so crazy. It's like here's the thing. It's not a long game because it's meant to be 
really hard and it's and it's super hard and so it's meant to be like you die and you die a lot and then you have to go back to the beginning and play more and get better so if you're saving in the middle of the game and you can save anywhere you can kind of speed through the game in like an hour hour and a half probably but it's so much fun to just pull up the game and just like i'm gonna run across the desert and just fucking blow up a bunch of scorpions or i'm gonna like slaughter everyone most easily because fuck them you know you gotta you gotta like you gotta climb into the death star and dismantle the tractor beam with your bare hands you just gotta walk in there and just like destroy it it's like one of the bosses in the game like i'm just gonna fucking blow up the tractor beam that's it and then i mean i guess it's more exciting than big kenobi sneak around and just pushing down like three levers and then all of a sudden the tractor beams like yeah that's it you oh. you roll in with the fucking blaster and the lightsaber and you just gotta blow it up yourself just like fuck it pew 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 like who cares and then the, the last the last couple levels of the game you're in like the x-wing and you're like in first person mode and you're flying through the trench which is really impressive for like super nintendo graphics when you see it you're just like gunning down the the trans trench and like blowing up tie fighters and then Darth Vader's like TIE fighter shows up at the end and he's like the final boss and you got to blow him up and they don't tell you that you have to shoot the ion like the ion torpedoes into the Death Star. They just expect you to know to do it when once you hear like use the force Luke you're supposed to like oh shit I got to press this button but they don't tell you. So I heard that and I didn't do anything and it just sent me back to the previous level where I'm fighting TIE wings again and I'm like the fuck. So so make sure you you they don't I don't even know what fucking button was to shoot I'm like I was pressing all the buttons because it didn't tell me, but anyway the game is awesome, it's pretty cheap the trophies are a lot of fun if you like that kind of stuff because it's like there's a trophy for saving Princess Leia as Han instead of Luke there's a trophy for shooting Greedo first as Han Solo, um yeah that's like it's like a trophy and <laughs> you gotta awesome. do it yes! like a special way you can't do it like normal means so you have to do like a cheat code but you can you can totally do it so it's a trophy for doing that and there's a trophy for like killing three bosses as chewbacca so it's a lot of fun to go through the game and try to get those trophies there's a trophy my one of my favorite trophies ever kill 20 jawas and the trophy is called utini <laughs> so <laughs> You've, so I assume that was like the first trophy. It was probably one of the. Got. It was one of really the first for sure. Game. It was just like, Stan, are are your dreams filled at night with the screams of Utini? I don't. I'm wondering if if in Super Jedi you have to kill a bunch of Ewoks. Probably not, but like that's that's like the next thing, right? Wow. Uh, oh I hope no, I hope kill the Ewoks. Yeah. Yeah. Utini. I kind of want Utini as like Utini. a text tone now. Because right now mine's R two D two, but like I want that now instead. Routine <laughs> is just so much fun to say. We should just go go out dressed as Jawas for the premiere. Just don't just don't do it around Luke, cause <laughs> I already have my outfit. <laughs> just don't, don't run He's gonna start the camera will zoom in on him, and it'll be like that that siren from Kill Bill whenever he sees someone. It's like yeah. Yes. <laughs> just start then, gun, gunning down fucking Jawas. And all of a sudden, like, 80, 88, 88 Jawas wearing the Kano mask and suits and katanas start running in. And then Luke has a, has a, a dress change and he's, he's in the he's in the brides of the Bruce Lee's yellow tracksuit and his lightsabering sabering everyone in the face. Yes. <laughs> I just want to see it rain stormtroopers. That's really what I want. Because that image yeah it's, apart from that's the first thing you see i like i didn't know what to expect because when i when i played this game when i was a kid i could not get past like the first 
three levels. Like, it was just too hard for me, so I never saw the rest of the game. I actually had no idea that you could unlock Chewbacca and Han Solo and use them whenever you want. So I thought you ran through the whole game as Luke. But so getting to Mos Eisley, and the first, it's like a, it's just like a regular, like, empty level. Like, like think of a Mario 1-1 where you're just standing there and nothing's happening. I take a step forward and a stormtrooper just, like, starts falling down slowly with his arms in the air. And just, like, Dew! and just lands on the ground and, like, aims at me. I'm like, what the hell's going on? It's just crazy. Anyway, game's awesome. I... Stan, there better be there better be stormtrooper paratroopers in Battlefront because just raiding yeah. stormtroopers sounds just, badass. Yeah, this game is a treasure. <laughs> you should absolutely play it. Um, I really hope they come out with Super Empire and Super Jedi because I never been I was never able to beat those games either. So I really like that they give you the opportunity with the save feature to get through the games because it's I would never I would never have known like half the crazy shit going on in this game if if it wasn't for that save feature because the game is like ridiculously hard so yeah but please if you're listening buy this fucking game if you like star wars and yeah. play it and and hope that they they put out super jedi and super empire because this shit's crazy all right so um my my video game is nowhere near as epic as yours stand um uh, although i didn't i only played maybe like two or three hours worth but um, I was listening to P.S. I Love You, XOXO, uh, by our favorite podcasters, uh, Colin Moriarty. I wouldn't go as so far as to call them my Greg favorite, Miller. but go ahead. Uh, and they rec... Oh, right, well... Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I thought, I mean, I and thought just, I thought we were, they were our role models. Because, you know, hey, 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 hey. I, I'm like all new Wolverine. I carved my own path, all right? <laughs> all right, all right. The shade has been. No, no, no. Like I, 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 I don't get me wrong. I, I, I love them. I just don't want to say there's a lot of good podcasters. Anyway, no, whatever. Just go. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> this, this is, this is a, this is a topic for a death battle one day. We'll, we'll, we'll get to it. But uh, they recommended Dragonfin Soup, which was a free PS Plus game that came out in November. So I downloaded it after listening to that podcast, and uh, it's this tactical rpg mixed with roguelike elements so the world that you explore and go around and fight monsters and collect treasure and stuff it's all completely random and and randomly generated the premise is that the world that you travel around is set on the back of a flying space turtle and you create your own world and then you just go complete quests and you play as this girl who's basically red riding hood but she carries around a dagger and she also has a shotgun which is pretty cool and so i created my new world it was called sexy time the beginning of the game starts where i have this recurring dream where this dark evil wizard releases all these ghouls and kills me i wake up and then i'm just after that it doesn't really seem to be much of a plot right now it's just me going to this bartender and asking me to do random jobs. And so I'm basically gun for hire. Some ghouls rushed into town. So I, I, I took care of them. And then they sent me to this other world where it's full of ice. And I had to kill more creatures. I guess I'm not, I'm not that much different from Luke. I'm just a homicidal little girl with a shotgun and a knife. And not really old enough to, to use those things. But I'm just 
killing everything in my path. And I'm also being a vandal. Uh, I'm just going around town, smashing pots and and destroying the defacing monuments to collect treasure. And every time I do so, I get a penalty. It's like, this is public property. Stop it. I'm like, no, I hate you. So I do it. And it's awesome. Ah. Um, there, the, the, my big problem with it is like, there's not really much of like a tutorial or like a fact section. So trying to like figure out my inventory or, or to set certain items as like favorites, like in Fallout. I mean, they, they have that kind of system, but it's really hard to figure out. So I was kind of bummed about that. And they don't really explain like the crafting system. So th- it seems like there's a lot of stuff you have to figure out on your own. But I guess that maybe for some people, it's part of the fun. Um, and it may, I have, I'm not, again, I'm only like two or three hours into the game, so I have to play more at it. In general, it's a really fun game. Um, the fighting system is pretty cool. It's, um, it's like a grid system, but it's in real time. So you can run around and like sneak and, uh, attack people adjacent or behind them. And you have two functions. You have your primary, uh, melee weapon. You have your shotgun. Um, you're not just limited to shotguns. Like that's your primary primary weapon. So you have a whole bunch of different types of shells. So you can have like buckshot or like bird shot, and eventually you can upgrade to like crazy over the top type of ammo. And I'm sure I'm sure there's like other guns and maybe like bow and arrow stuff that you can also upgrade to. It's a pretty fun game. And um, if you want to be really hardcore, you can not save and just you know when you die, you die, and you have to start over a new world. And there's also there's this uh, end game save function. So, so if you don't want to lose your progress, if you if you really like the world that you're in, you can also save too. I like it. Uh, I I haven't really played a lot of roguelikes, but uh, I I really enjoyed this one. And um, uh, and I, I like to thank uh, Colin and Greg for recommending that game to me. And uh, we'll play some more of it. Uh, when I'm not gonna play when when I'm not playing Fallout, you know that that'll be my go to. But Super Star Wars, Dan. I think, I think I, I have to set aside like six solid eight, 12 hours. <laughs> it won't take you that long to kill them all. I'll tell you much. It's like you can you can blow through it in an afternoon if you want. So it's 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 a short it's a short Super Nintendo like side scroller. It just oh, wow. It t- it used to take forever because it was so fucking hard. You died. You have to start at the beginning of the game. So mm-hmm. having a save file mitigates that. So you could save in the middle of a level and then just reload that save if you die and you just keep going through the whole game like that and you can beat it in like an hour or two and then you know the real the real fun i think is i'm going back through it now in jedi difficulty as like chewbacca and holds and han solo and running through those same levels as chewbacca is basically like playing a chewbacca simulator because that's that's how i imagine he would be like if he if he like lost his mind and just got really pissed just started fucking throwing everyone around just (laughs) shooting everyone to death so is there like special animation where they rip someone's arm off no he just he shoots with his crossbow and then he has you know chewbacca's got more health but han solo is like faster and then luke's kind of like a balance and he's got and luke's got a lightsaber but like i said the lightsaber kind of sucks cool well when i play that game i'll I'll let you know how i uh, how, how much fun it's, it is it's pretty good it, really, it sounds pretty, pretty amazing solid. time already and i heard Je- i heard um empire and jedi are are actually much better games than super star wars so really yeah and I, i've only really played like one or two levels of each because like i said so fucking hard so that's why i'm hoping they re-release them also so i can play through them all right well fingers crossed 
Yeah, right. Can you imagine like? So, can you imagine? Wait, wait. Can you imagine fighting Darth Vader with a lightsaber in fucking Super Star Wars? Like, this is probably I, fucking crazy, what, right? From what you say, you don't need a lightsaber. You just need a blaster, and you can just gun down Vader. Like, yeah, like, well, I'm not gonna. Like, I'm not gonna do that though. If it's Vader, it's gotta be one on one. You know, mano a mano, saber a saber. But I, I think that'd be insanely fun. Unless you can fight him as like Chewbacca, Vader. in which case, you fucking Chewbacca versus Darth <laughs> Vader, sign me up. But Chewbacca fighting with the bowcaster or Chewbacca fighting with a lightsaber? <laughs> with his bare fucking with both hands. at the same time. No, with his bare hands. Bare hands? Just like, just in a, in a boxing ring with Vader. Just like, fucking paws to fists. Like, let's go. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you have Hot Soul in the corner. Uh, it'll be like the new movie Creed that came out. This past weekend, you know, Chewbacca's on. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, uh, uh, you, you, you have something to say, Ryan? No. No. I think the sound just says it all. Uh, uh. You just don't like the Rocky movies, or you don't like Michael B. Jordan, or you just, or just. No, no, no. I've got nothing against Rocky. Hell, I watched that marathon with my father on during Fourth of July. Like, no disrespect there, but I just think that. Again, when when it's done, it's done, and and Rocky was definitely done a while ago. So just let it like, let it last. Uh, let, let it rest, die. Rest, die peacefully. <laughs> Rocky was done after Jesus two. I don't know what Christ. those other like six movies are about. There's like two Rocky yeah, well, movies, I mean, right? Yes. Like, that's it. The, and then, yeah. and maybe maybe the one with like Mr. T and and Hulk Hogan. That was well, Rocky. I really like Rocky IV though. I love Drago. Drago was awesome. I mean the. the the thing is, though, is it's just like, I, I, I get having someone who's younger try to like bring the kids in a bit, like, oh, who's that guy? Who's that guy? Oh, that's from the Rocky movies, and like introduce them to the. No, don't you don't need that shit. Just sit your kid down. Do what my dad did. Sit your kid down and watch the fucking movies with them. Same thing with the Godfather. Like you don't need one of these like new movies. To, like suck them into that and like have them like where did this start? Well, like. Fuck the Creed movie. I'm sorry. Sorry your dad died in the fight, but like Jesus Christ. You don't, get over don't it, kid. Get over it. No, no, I get don't over want him to it. get over it. I don't want him to get over it, but like I don't I don't Channel need your to rage is something like... more productive, like killing Jawas. Yes. <laughs> you can just you can do that in every situation. Be like fucking yo, cares your wife died, Veda. Get over it. Get in the ring. <laughs> oh god. Uh, Alright. So, killing Jawas is should be therapy for everyone. Yes. Yes. It's more productive than watching Creed. Utini. 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 All right. So after that dark note, I think we should move on to something, a show that's pretty dark in itself. And the big reason why our special guest host Ryan is here to talk and lay down some awesome knowledge, Jessica Jones. Wow. The love of my life. <laughs> Netflix and Marvel, the partnership of, of champions, make like, just releasing another magnum opus. And this is only two out of four. We, we still got Luke Cage. We still got Iron Fist. And then we got Defenders. I think that so many things from the superhero universe, whether it's Marvel or DC, I think that a lot of them story-wise especially could probably benefit from doing a Netflix series. Like say what you will about the Ben Affleck daredevil movie. Like it, it has its pros and cons for, you know, all of that time and what, what, you know, 
the series is absolutely incredible and and i love daredevil i breezed through that thing while at work thank you very much in a week so like i mean yeah it, it didn't take me that much time to watch the whole thing but it was i was so in love with all of it from the intro to everything about it that when i heard jessica jones was happening i got very excited until I saw who was doing the writing, and then I became very concerned. Who, um, what what concerned you about? What was it Melissa? Melissa Ro- Rosenberg yeah. was the screenwriter for the Twilight movies. Oh, well, I mean, and I I, she didn't have a lot to work with. Let's be honest. I uh. yes, I will give her credit for that. But when I saw the first episode, of Jessica Jones, I was like. Eh. Like I sat there and I was like, oh, uh, I was like, okay, well, <laughs> and then as, as soon as you hit episode two, it, it takes off. And I think the writing is absolutely incredible. And I think it's funny that we were talking about, you know, $6 comic books earlier and like how it's you a lot, a certain amount of money, what have you to buying whatever your pleasure is that I no joke can't wait to get paid because i literally want to spend my entire paycheck on jessica jones comics because i didn't know any, really anything about it until i saw this and i'm like i need everything about this universe in my life now and i will probably be spending a lot of money when that happens and i don't even care <laughs> i i'm with you on i i mean yeah same reason like i know like i knew very little about the comic going to aside from the fact that Bendis wrote it and you know it also went by the name Alias and that she was a former superhero uh she was a former superhero was previously on Avengers she she got burnt out and she has PTSD that was literally all I knew about the comic or yeah. the, the show um I didn't know anything about the purple man I mean, I, I but I, I love David Tennant. And I still love him, and he oh my god, he's so creepy, but so good as the Purple Man. Um, he's absolutely creepily fantastic. Yes. And yeah, David Tennant's casting was like one of the biggest. I mean, it was a big story, so I, that interests me a lot. Uh, as, as as I assume a lot of other people who are the Tenth Doctor fans, but I pretty much went into this show blind. But wow. I'm kind of glad I went to this blind. Um, yeah, same. And now, yeah. I mean, and the comics, the comics will always be there. So now I'm all in. I want all that supplementary material. Yeah, exactly. I think that um, when I, before I really got into it, um, Tumblr obviously freaked out about Jessica Jones and there were gift sets and there was trigger warnings and there were lists of everything that they talk about and blah, blah. And I like, glossed over it enough to like get an idea but once i hit episode five i really started to notice what people were talking about in terms of the sexual abuse trauma and the rape and bulimia and like all of these things that people put as trigger warnings and then i got into this whole conversation um with people who i know that are playwrights and things like that talking about should things come with trigger warnings and like let people know beforehand. And I agree and disagree to a lot of what they said, but in terms of Jessica Jones, I feel like it shouldn't only because you really get whether you're 
have been exposed to any of that and you're a survivor or you just know somebody who has, you really get all of that at its grittiness and at its raw form, like without knowing exactly what's coming. And I really felt for her, especially once I hit episode five, like that for me, like as someone who's a survivor of sexual abuse and stuff like that, like, sorry, got really dark here guys. But as something like that, watching Jessica Jones, I was like, this is so important. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it was so much better and so much more different than Daredevil. Like exactly. There, there's been a lot of compare, a lot of comparisons between Daredevil and Jessica Jones. And there's been a lot of like neat, I feel needless, infighting like oh daredevil's better jessica joe's better no 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 they're they're two very different shows two very different tones and they do all two different issues and i think it's it's just it's unfair and it's i think i think it it does a grave injustice to try to like set them against each other they're they're very i mean yes they're they're all sent in hell's kitchen and they're all they, they both deal with darker themes but i think it's just it's just unfair to compare the two i mean absolutely um and with jessica jones like what makes it so great like it's it's relatable and it 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 deals with like thing ugly things that happen every day but like we don't really i don't feel like it's talked enough about like it talks about like ptsd and sexual assault and addiction and body image issues but it and it's like that's really Really? Oh, it also deals with abortion too. I I was completely surprised about that. Oh you, you yeah, never, and you never see that on TV. Well. You never do, or, right. or you do, mm-hmm. but like not as in your face. But it takes those really tough, dark issues, but it it handles it in such a smart and eloquent and nuanced and elegant, but not but still ugly way. And like if this it shows you. It shows you how ugly it is without it being graphic, like too graphic. Exactly. If this show was like, produced was by so like Showtime tasteful. or HBO or you know, like Game of Thrones is a perfect example. They will show like yeah. extended rape scenes. They didn't they didn't gloss over anything. And one of the big things I noticed, especially like body image wise, Luke Cage, like the first time he took his shirt off, one of the first things I noticed was that they didn't like digitally remove like what people would call like imperfections. Like he has stretch marks still looks great, but he has stretch marks like real humans do. And that for me, I was like, if this was on any other, if this was on a network, if this was anything else, you wouldn't see any of that. He would be perfectly chiseled and sculpted. She wouldn't have the attitude she has. She wouldn't curse half as much as she does. She, it, it would just be a whole different, whole different animal. And it was so tasteful. It was so beautifully done. Like Daredevil, he deals with his own duality of doing the right thing and coming to grips with doing the right thing means being a symbol of of violence pretty much and like that that has its own message in in itself like the toll that that takes on you and you see that through like his relationship with foggy and all of that and like you watch that and that is that's still dark but jessica jones took 
all of what what people deal with pretty much every day and they threw it at you and it's like yeah you're still talking about a superhero but they're still treating her like she's human like she has her own problems exactly like like on the outside she's like this tough ass kicking heavy drinker uh in the comics she's a heavy smoker but they took it out but that's fine like she's still just as tough as nails but oh yeah but these are but they still delve into she's still emotionally vulnerable she's still she still can be compromised and that's perfectly encapsulated by you know Kilgrave, who could be like a like a what's not 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 a symbol um i guess like a stand-in for like like perpetrators of like sexual abuse and like societal pressures and like all these crappy things that women have to deal with and like jessica deals with it in, in such human ways, like human and relatable. Cause like for Jessica going through the shit he has to go through every day while still having PTSD, it's always a constant struggle for her. And it really redefines what it means to be like a hero, what it means to be superhuman. Like being superhuman doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you have, you can punch a wall and like it breaks or you can throw, 50 times your weight being a hero or being superhuman is dealing with the pain of like abuse and and sexual violence and all these dark stuff that happen every day unfortunately and not being broken like you know stepping above and beyond and transcending yourself to so you can help other people like with jessica like like a big narrative arc was her trying to save hope who was a symbol of innocence and with yeah. and and like she like she didn't have anyone to save her from from right. Kilgrave, and she's right. trying to like search for redemption, and that's really powerful. Right. I think it's I think it's also it says a lot when um you you watch someone like her who thinks that she's so broken like she doesn't want to have anything to do with anybody and and the whole image of being haunted by your abuser your rapist whoever it is that image of being haunted like you can't go to sleep without seeing them you just your skin crawls every time somebody like touches you or looks at you and it's just that whole that whole theme it was just so on point and so there like i i had to stop watching and take a deep breath when she fell asleep on the desk and he was right next to her and licked her face and she shot up. I was like, I can't tell you how many times I remember having the reoccurring over and over and over again. Like you can't sleep, you can't do anything. And you just want to, you either have two choices and she sort of does a little bit of both where she has her misery, but she tries to take it and do something with it and be productive. So what does she do? She's a private investigator and she tries to help other people. And I think that there, there was just so much in there. And I, I definitely love seeing David Tennant who, you know, again, watching Dr. Who and loving the 10th doctor, you see him as this, like he lost definitely as the doctor and he had his moments, but when you see him, when he's happy, go lucky, like he is most of the time. And then you see him do something like this. He really takes that dark side and he just played to it so well. It was just, oh, it was there. Honestly, Daredevil and Jessica Jones are incomparable. But I think that the way Jessica Jones represents represents itself is what makes it such a better show. 
I think David Tennant makes like a far, far more devious villain than the Kingpin. And like I said, I totally agree with you. Like David Tennant is most well known as the Ted Doctor, but he's no stranger to do dark roles. Like he was uh, Barty Crouch Jr. in the Harry Potter movies. Also in Broadchurch, he was a tormented detective, which he, again, brilliant, but not quite the same way. This was almost, almost sadistic. Like he, he could really screw with your head and I could totally say he's just, oh, he was, I like, I give nothing but wonderful accolades for that man. Yeah. Like he's, you know. Like he just got under your skin. It's like that, that, that's some, that's some artful, masterful acting. And he made my skin crawl. Absolutely. Like, there was this tongue-in-cheek comic released by Dorkley where it was talking about David Tennant fans watching Jessica Jones for the first time and how uh, it seems like there's a lot of Tennant fans who really, really love the Purple Man. And I wanted to ask you guys, like, is the Purple Man, like, a sympathetic character or not? I don't think he is. I think he's just he's just straight-up evil. He's a different kind of evil, though. He's the evil that I think that is relatable today because that's what you should need to be afraid of, especially like I'm going to relate him to mass shooters. They're people. They're everyday people like taking away his obvious superpower. He's he's still a person underneath all of that. Like, and he could make the choice to not do what he does. And like, there was one moment where I guess if you feel any ounce of sympathy where he's like, do you have any idea how I carefully, I have to like word, like choose my words. Like I told a guy to go screw himself. Can you imagine what he did after that? And like, you saw Jessica take a second and he was, she was just like, Jesus Christ. Like, it was one of those it was one of those moments and i almost felt sorry for him almost that moment doesn't take away from everything else that he had done mm-hmm. which is i think she says something similar to luke cage when they're in one of the earlier episodes um when they're talking about like doing the superhero thing she's like yeah your sins always good, stay but with not you. enough Right, and I didn't do enough to cancel out all the bad that I did. Meanwhile, so it's the same meanwhile, thing. Kilgrave, he's like emotionally or psychologically immature. He, thi- he thinks like yeah. he thinks like like oh, remember that one part where Jessica's trying to convince him to become a hero, and he thinks, well, if I become a hero, that'll erase all the bad that I ever did in my life, so everything's okay. Nope. And it's like okay, he's emotionally and definitely psychologically stunted. Mm-hmm. Which, again, is, I think, what makes it so, so relatable. It was so absolutely brilliant. Stan, I'm sorry. We've been uh, just debating really fiercely. What are your thoughts about anything? uh, Ryan, you're like a treasure. Like, thank you for being so, like, having such good opinions that I would never have because I'm I'm not as refined as you are. I was like, oh, I I like like the Luke Cage because he's a punchy man. Like... I would like have nothing like as, in, as, as like I mean, intellectually real, like so. like that was like very that was good like I like just listening to you guys talk about that shit because I feel like you said it better. Stay, than I, I think I think you should give yourself some credit. You you would do do some deeper analysis than Luke Cage is a really cool punchy punchy man. <laughs> I mean, like the thing the thing about Kilgrave that I find interesting is that he reacts in a way that isn't unbelievable. 
like how many people could you say would be completely moralistic if they got the same kind of powers that he has, you know, where he can literally do whatever he wants and everyone right. and you can you can use that power and like get whatever you want from whoever you want. And, you know, as you find out, he had that power from a really young age and his parents like spoiler, his parents abandoned him. And so he never learned, you know, in, you know, he like he was never brought up or raised in a way that he had any sort of moral compass. And so he's sort of, he's sort of acting in regards to every urge he's ever had. And he's like, he's like satisfying all of those urges and, and those urges aren't always good, you know, and he's never learned to, to choose the bad from the good. And he, he grew up in accordance to that. And I think it's, it's relatable and it, it makes sense because it's sort of like this is the extreme like dark way that this could go. But it's like how much different would your average person be if they had those exact powers and they had no consequences for those powers. So I think that's an interesting, Absolutely. An interesting he's way. Definitely, he's definitely like the scorned child. Like he reconnects with his parents after so long. And obviously there's blame on them too. You don't just abandon your child and there's also that he also has that element of abandonment which uh, what child if given the chance to reconnect with their parents if they really have held all of that anger for as long as he did like don't tell me that you wouldn't be tempted if like saying screw off to your parents after doing all of that is one thing but he and spoiler alert for people who haven't seen the whole thing yet I said, now stab yourself for every year that you were gone. Like that basically was the screw you mom and dad that yeah. any kid who's ever felt that sense of amendment would have done. So again, like he's very much like the scorned and not, not spoiled necessarily, but the scorned child. And he never really got outside of that mindset. And I think that it's, it's quite telling. And I, I just, he, again, he's, he did it he did it so well. And I, I really think that that definitely says something to David Tennant's acting. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, and also Luke Cage is a punchy, punchy man. And I like him. Yeah. Luke, Mike Coulter. I love Luke Mike Cage. Mike Coulter. My God. Like he's a sexy beast and he his, is, uh, <laughs> yes. And his, yeah, he, he was really great. I, I, so excited for his spin-off series or his, or his next not his spin -off, the next series but he's so charismatic and he's buff and he's like flipping tables and and he's a sweet man and he's a sweet man he is i really i really enjoyed him i love the the bar fight with him when he literally just picks up the guy and just moves him over just very gently <laughs> like picking up a small kitten and just putting it over it's just mm -hmm. It's like, no, you go here. He just, I, I love the, I, when she was picking up things about him at the bar, she's like, someone pukes on your shoe. You don't have a problem, but somebody breaks something like you're out. Like he obviously cared very much about a lot of things. And he was the charismatic, but still haunted by his dead wife. Like he was very human, despite his being not very human. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed I really enjoyed that about him and I cannot wait for him to just go fly free and like be on his own. That is going to be amazing as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, my my one minor issue with Jessica Jones is that there wasn't enough Luke Cage. He like go missing for episodes at a time, and I was like, yeah. "Come on, man, where 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 my buddy Luke at? Bring him back." That's that's my only thing. And I I really have to hand it to Jessica Jones for making me really interested and really care about characters that I never really thought about before. Like I I know about Luke Cage, and I knew I know him as like Power Man, and I know him as a member of heroes for hire and he's like best friends with iron fist and like a huge iron fist fan but luke cage never really like grabbed me and this this series really endeared me to him as a character and now i'm really excited because they're coming out with a, a luke cage and iron fist ongoing that's coming out soon and now i'm really excited to pick that up because you know initially i was like okay you know iron fist i like iron fist but like i don't really know much about luke cage but now it's like i'm really excited to to follow this book because they did such a good job with endearing me to Luke Cage. And I'm really impressed that they managed to do that, you know, go from a character that I had like zero, exactly. you know, zero reference for, and then completely flipping that 180 degrees. And now it's like, Oh, I, I think Luke Cage is, he's shaping up to be one of my favorite Marvel characters. Cause he's so, he's so like deep and like punchy, punchy, you know? And then same thing with Jessica Jones. Like I, I, I knew of her, I've heard of her, but I never really had any interest in her. And now it's I'm I really hope they do something with her character in the comics because I don't I really haven't seen. Yeah, much this is exactly recently. it's exactly why I'm going to spend my entire paycheck on everything about Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, because I, I I I love the fact that I went into this knowing absolutely nothing about this universe. Yeah. And I would completely encourage everyone like if you don't know anything about jessica jones doesn't matter watch it and even if you don't feel the same need that i do or that stan does or that chris does to like go out and and buy comics about them afterwards you're still i feel like you would still get something out of watching the show regardless you would still gain something from seeing it and Ryan, this is exactly why you should watch Guardians of the Galaxy. It's the same exact feeling. Like Marvel, <laughs> Mar- I'm serious. Marvel and Marvel and the writers and these dev teams, they have this amazing, uncanny ability to take like B-list and C-list heroes that a lot of people may not know about. I mean, with especially Guardians of the Galaxy, like even comic book fans, even the, among those circles, they were pretty obscure. But to make them so relatable and so lovable and so makes you so invested. In these characters and for me like that was everyone on jessica jones like you know jessica and luke and and the purple man i loved trish patsy walker oh yeah she was awesome and oh, she, in the comics she in the comics she's uh hellcat yeah i didn't know this until afterwards but she was badass like doing krav maga and like kicking ass i sh- i as soon as i saw that i was like this bitch isn't over i was like we have not seen the last of this one doing something more amazing than being herself yeah, she's, exactly i i definitely love trish as she's well. basically yeah. turning herself into batman and she's there's actually um patsy walker hellcat is coming out too she's getting a new number one soon kate leth is doing the art on it and it looks awesome so that's definitely something to look out for if you like, you know, Patricia in this series, you know, because it's going to it's definitely. her as a superhero. So what's not to Indeed. what's not to be interested in? And um, also Simpson Simpson as Nuke, again, had no idea who he was. But um, I have a feeling like for season two, like one of the arcs they're going to go into is like finding out more of, of how 
Jessica and Luke uh, got their powers. And what I think it's it's related to Nuke and the guys who backed them up. Like I'm I'm thinking that whatever shadowy government organization is out there, they're restarting the Captain America Super Soldier program, and the pills that Simpson used to get amped up is and and the tests that might have given Luke and Jessica their powers are all related to like this new program. I mean, this is all pure speculation, but like, it's just, right. oh man, it's so cool. I love Simpson. Um, he was, he was, he was a pretty big dick, but Oh I, God, I wanted to yeah, hit like, him. Like <laughs> he was a big dick, but I like I liked the actor. I like and I like how I, I didn't see that coming, how he, they were giving him superpowers or quote unquote superpowers. Um, right. Um, but if anything, I love Simpson because he gave Trish a moment to shine, where they have an epic fight scene in the end. It's like, oh god, Trish! You know, I'm in the I'm in a corner rooting for her. She is definitely one of my Harry characters. Yeah, I I especially love her big fuck you moment. That was like, I don't need to do things when you come to my building and tell me that we have to talk now. It's like we can talk in eight hours when I'm done doing what I have to do, and it was. I just love how like so so pro-female all of it was yeah. it's like empowering on two stance like you don't need to have superpowers to be strong and to to defend yourself and stand up for yourself you can be like a trish walker whether you're a citizen or a radio show like a radio talk host like it doesn't matter yeah i, I think you're I empowering find... yourself that's exactly. it. exactly and i find it's interesting like similar to like the dark knight or DK3, like, this also subverts a lot of, like, tropes, like, um, and it's very pro-feminine, pro-female. I mean, you have Jessica Jones, she's a PI. You have Carrie Ann Moss. I didn't know this, but the character she's based on, um, Hogarth, uh, Hogarth was originally male in the comics, but they, yes! but they gender-flipped her into the show, Good. and she's, like, a top-notch, like, cutthroat, amazing lawyer, and, and then you have Trish Walker, who's this amazing radio made me personality. So, much happier. Um, so you have all these women in this, in this show having really prestigious places in society, like that a lot of men usually hold. And these pe- these women have the power. And I was also reading this other article where it pointed out, like, not only does the show pass the best the Bechdel test, like. Blechdel, Blechdel test, I'm I sorry. I, I don't know how to... Yeah. There you go. Pass that test with flying colors. But it also subverts that trope by having like the male characters usually just talk to each other or talk, interact, just or fight over a female. Um, so it subverts that trope. And I found that really interesting. I was like, wow. Um, I, I, I especially love how there was no real fighting over Jessica between Luke and Kilgrave. Mm-hmm. Like... Luke was just like, you got your own shit to do. I'm not looking for complicated shit and just stepped off and was like, you need something fine. I'm here. Whatever. If you don't, I can do my own thing and move on with my life. And I mean, yeah, with the obvious like sex and connection, romance and whatever, putting all that aside, I love how that that wasn't like, that was just sort of like sprinkled in there. It wasn't the thing that strung everything together throughout all of these episodes. It was part of Jessica's character growth, like learning to like allowing her to heal and to be more connected, connected with people. But it was always, always front and foremost, like her narrative arc, her growing oh, the, yeah. her, it is her central story. It didn't, it didn't get overshadowed or co-opted by a romance. 
it just only supplemented it. Absolutely. My gosh, yeah. So five out of five bananas, definitely. And absolutely. If I could do six out of five bananas, I absolutely would. (laughs) So what do you guys think of the future for Luke Cage and Iron Fist? Um, I know for Iron Fist, they're still having trouble trying to cast, uh, what's his name, Danny Rand. But Mike Coulter, he's like, he's the perfect quintessential Luke Cage. And I cannot wait to see what he does. Any thoughts? Any, any, I mean, I, I, I assume not all of us are really familiar with Luke Cage. No, um, not at all. Yeah. This was my introduction to that entire world. And I, I'm just excited that it turned out the way it did. I just want some more cross-pollinization. So I want like Jessica Jones to show up, have some more Claire, maybe Matt Murdock or, or uh, Foggy shows up. Just like start, start. I would definitely kill for a Daredevil Jessica Jones like mashup and see how that would work out. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe we'll see that in Daredevil season two. I mean, I know it's primarily gonna be up about the Punisher, but maybe like the Punisher fights Jessica and, and or something. I don't know. It'd be awesome. I would love it. I really just anything with the just to get the two of them in one room, like even if it was for one scene just to get you to another season i don't even care i just i want i want the two of them together i mean because we we all know the end game it's defender so they should start planting seeds exactly stan how about you well jessica jones gave me a lot of like noir vibes like noir detective stuff so for iron fist i would love to get a lot of 70s kung fu movie vibe and like really like <laughs> pulpy like grindhouse almost kind of aesthetic to it and i think that would work really well i don't know how it would work once they all got together but i would like to see some like influences there for luke cage i'm i'm not sure because my only real exposure to him is what little i saw him in iron fist comics and this series so whatever they do with him i'm interested in so i'm going to follow it but i i i hope to see him show up in Iron Fist and Iron Fist to show up in Luke Cage and Jessica Jones to show up in Luke Cage. And I just, I'm just really amped for this Defenders thing to start because yeah, I think same. it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see. Um, Question. I'm not sure if they ever announced it, but is Defenders going to be like a Netflix exclusive or is, it, is that going to be like released for the big screen? I think it's a season on like Netflix. It's a season, a season Defenders? Yeah, Holy that's, shit, what, that's what amazing. I thought. I thought they were like coming up with like a TV Avengers, and it would be like just a season of Defenders. Oh god, yes, yeah, season of Defenders definitely. Just Marvel and TV is killing it so bad. Oh, TV, just TV in general is killing it. Uh, I know some time ago we talked about how there was rumors that Ghost Rider or Blade or Moon Knight will also be TV shows. So just bring everything to TV. So I think we're running a little bit long, but. Any last yeah. any last words about Jessica Jones before we wrap it up? Everybody, just just watch it. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. Just just watch it. Yeah. Uh, Stan, you and Kirsty binged in like two days. It's uh 13, 13 episodes or fourteen? I think it's thirteen. Thirteen. I think it's thirteen. Yeah. So you can you can you can bust it out in a good day, and uh, it you will not regret it. No, not at all. And once you finish it, do not fret to hold you over to uh, until Luke Cage. You got a whole wealth of Jessica Jones material. Um, there's plenty of material out there. So just go to your local comic book shop and bother your, your clerk or do some research online and track and down. 
Hell yeah. Cool. All right. So I think that's it for episode 42. Woo! Woo! Thank you, Ryan, for coming on and giving us your expert critiques and analysis. <laughs> you are wonderful. We always love to have you on the show. So thank you again. I love being here. Thank mm-hmm. you, guys. Woo. We're going to have a Star Wars roundtable episode coming up and i know you're gonna be on the panel so fans out there if you love ryan you know don't worry she'll be back soon enough i'm super excited for that i is it not too dorky of me i hope to say that i already have my outfit planned out i bought it like three months ago <laughs> so, you're among friends you're among pals. In my closet that's awesome Wait. it's my little it's my little r2d2 dress that i am gonna be rocking for when i go see it i'm very excited that's fantastic Oh, and also, don't forget, Ryan's coming out with a new podcast. And would you like to play it again If you, um, for those who missed it? Yes. It's Cannibalism and Coffee. Look for it. And we have a Twitter account. We have a Gmail account and an Instagram, as well as two of our personal Twitter accounts. I'm a horrible person. I can't remember our Twitter handle because I've been crazy. You've been researching. But... You have an excuse. Yeah. Um, we'll put in the show notes. Uh, our Gmail. Uh, <laughs> yes. Our uh, our Gmail is cannibalismandcoffee at gmail.com. And my personal Twitter handle is the re- uh, underscore red underscore horror. And um, yeah, you can find us through all of that goodiness. Right. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes, like Stan said. All, all right. right. Yeah. So, Super Nerd Pals, uh, you can find us on iTunes soundcloud and stitcher it's all under super nerd pals you can find us on twitter at super nerd pals uh and on instagram you can find stan on twitter at stan doom doom you can find me chris uh at kyo nature for hire and as soon as andy comes back from the ghost dimension again <laughs> uh you can find him on twitter at sweet justice one that's o-n-e sweet justice one please 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 don't forget to like rate subscribe Share podcast with your friends. It really means a lot. Tell your friends. We appreciate any feedback. Leave us a good review. Right now, we're still five out of five S-ranked podcasts. Uh, we have Hell yeah. the only so, perfectly yeah. rated podcast on the internet. Exactly. So <laughs> Perfect ratio. Keep the dynasty alive. Keep it building. We want your support. We want your love. And... Come by with any listener questions, feedback, comments, you know, questions. You know, we, we, we want everything. And um, you could also go to our Facebook group. Uh, that's facebook.com slash groups slash Super Nerd Pals. Come join us. We don't bite. We love you all. And <laughs> you're all treasures. You're all treasures. Yes. We won't kill you like Jawas. You guys are great people. Utini. Ah. Yes. Utini. <laughs> All right, peeps. Thank you, Stan. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. You too. So is is the ghost dimension our version of the Phantom Zone? Yes. That's like yes. our. That's where we send the criminals. That's all. All the criminals. So far, all the so far it's just Andy, but uh, <laughs> right now he's, he's just him. But soon we'll put all the Jawas and the criminals in there. I assume if the $6 book trend continues, we'll, we'll just send whoever's in charge of that marketing department and send them there too. <sighs> I concur. <laughs>